Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Family with Family, a mindful discussion of wholesome fare. My name is Jackson Harper, and joining me for this discussion, as always, is my mother, Patricia Ann Stover Harper. Greetings and salutations. How was your day? It was great. We uh, went to Birmingham and watched a flag football game. Then okay. we ate lunch at Taco Mama, which is really Taco lunch. Mama. It's a, it's a small chain. It's really good. And we took the dog with us. And he oh, has Murphy? This, yeah, Murphy. He has this sling that sits in the back of the truck and he gets in and he it's like a little tent with no top, you know, it's just huh. a three-sided sling, so he can't be on the seat. But he actually got on Levi and Lindley's trampoline with him. And they zipped it up and he couldn't get out. And he kept coming to the zipper and he wanted out. And this is so appropriate because our movie tonight is about a dog. But um, our dog, our new dog is hysterical. But he jumped around on the trampoline and played with the toys. It was was really cute. Yeah, I miss having dogs. Like, I sort of have one right now because my roommate has one and she spends a lot of time with me. Not my roommate, but the dog. I haven't had a dog in a few years, so. No, you haven't. Um, Well, we haven't had a dog that came in the house and this one is quite hairy. So we are going to, she's going to, he is going to be groomed on May 12th. Uh Uh-huh. He's going to get a haircut. Maybe he won't be (laughs) quite so hairy. But anyway. It's fun having a dog that we can play with again. He's he's well-trained. All right. Well, why don't you tell our listeners what movie we're talking about tonight? This is a movie I discovered last year on Netflix, um, 2022. It's called Rescued by Ruby. It's mm-hmm. a, an original Netflix film. Didn't come out in theaters, just came out on Netflix. And it was written, I forgot her name, but she wrote a, a really sappy story called A Walk to Remember. Do you know her name? Oh, yeah. We saw, we watched that movie together. It oh, has yeah. Mandy Moore yes. in it, where it's, she dies of cancer. Yes, it's real sappy. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, uh, I don't think she's been very successful. I looked her up and I forgot her name, but she wrote this story. But this is this about a high spirited Australian shepherd slash border collie mix who almost loses his life in a shelter and her life. Yes. Her life. And she's rescued. um, And this is where it's a true, based on a true story that this is not true. It says she was rescued by a Rhode Island state police officer. She was rescued by the Rhode Island State Police, but not by this officer. Yeah. But anyway, it's it's a rescue. And this dog, even though it's very hard to train, out of control, becomes a decorated canine officer. Mm-hmm. It's a really great story. It's as much about the cop as it is about the dog. Yes. Great story. All right, well, let's get into our first segment then, which is called Character Counts. Yes, I wrote down, I only wrote down six. They're the main characters. Daniel O'Neill. not that many characters. I know. Daniel O'Neill is the Rhode Island uh, State Highway Patrolman. His Mm -hmm. wife is Melissa. He calls her Mel. There's Matt Zarella, played by Scott Wolf. He is the head of the canine unit. 
And Pat Inman, who is the real name of the real person. These are real names. Pat Inman is uh, a helper in a shelter. And a guy named Seamus Brady, who is um, a retired uh, maintenance worker in one of the um, state highway patrol districts. Yeah. And I looked that up i think he's probably a fictional character is he okay and i think so i couldn't find a record of his name anywhere i didn't look for him sergeant amanda grinnell i love this character but that's the only ones i wrote down yeah and of course ruby oh ruby the dog of course (laughs) duh she's not a person but she's a character she is in the movie the main character she and dad yeah <laughs> ruby so who is your favorite um i really like mel okay why i love ruby and daniel you have to love ruby and daniel uh-huh. but they make me nervous <laughs> 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 which you'll understand when we talk about more about the film yeah. melissa is a very supportive wife who loves her husband above mm-hmm. all uh, she is desperate to help him get into the canine unit if she can, though she mm-hmm. seems to want to try to be realistic about his shortcomings and Ruby's shortcomings. Mm-hmm. But she's very supportive. I just really love her character. Yeah. Who's your favorite? It's Ruby. Ruby, of course. <laughs> It's the dog. It's always the dog. It's all. It's any always movie, the dog. Any movie where there's a dog character, that's usually my favorite character. And Ruby so. is a great dog. Yes, she is. But she is not an easy dog. No. So. And in real life, she was not an easy dog. It took a year and a half to train the dog. Yeah. I read that. Well, well, let's talk about the characters in a little bit more detail. I mean separating them from the true story let's just talk about them in the movie okay so you have uh daniel who is played by grant gustin and i know him from years on tv playing the flash okay whatever so it is. the flash is a superhero so yeah. there's that one scene where he's talking about like he always wanted to be a superhero oh my goodness and it's kind of a little joke because for the past few years, he's been playing a superhero on TV. It's a pun. Mm, that's I, not a pun. Okay. That's a reference. That's a different I, thing. Yeah, it's not a pun. It's not a play on words, but he has played a superhero on TV. But in this story, he is the opposite of a superhero. He is a guy who's just struggling and he... He's good at stuff. Like he is, uh, he's very smart and he's very capable, but he wants something that he doesn't think he can have. And he meets this dog and she kind of like, she completes the team. She's the real superhero and he's the sidekick. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Yeah. He has to trust the dog. Anyway, we'll get into that maybe a little bit later. I really love the character of Seamus, even though I think that character is, we'll get into this a lot. This movie is corny. This movie is super, super corny. And this character is more of a device than a character. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
he's there to kind of motivate the main character. And I really like the actor and the performance. And I even like the way the character is written, but he's not a real character. Like you don't really get to know who he is as a person. It's almost like he's supposed to be a guardian angel. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I I hate to compare to a guardian angel. No, he's kind of like that. He is this like Irish guardian angel (laughs) that sort of floats in and floats out of the story as needed. And yeah, Mel is a great character. I, you know, uh, a lot of movies, they have kind of the supportive wife character. That's a trope, unfortunately. Most of the time, those characters don't have much agency of their own. And I don't feel like here she really does either. But uh, I think the actor does a really good job of portraying it. And it's well written enough that I don't mind it so much, you know? Mm-hmm. I do love the character of Pat Inman. Oh, absolutely. Um, she, is, she is a very dedicated, loving person. And even though she doesn't have the most screen time of all the characters, you really get to see her heart throughout the course of the movie because she loves this dog and she does not want the dog to be put down. And as we talk about the story further, we will see how that pays off. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other characters you want to talk about? You yes. want to talk about? Uh... I want to talk about Daniel. Okay. So he has tried, he has tried so many times to become a canine officer it's his dream mm. and yeah. i uh, i don't want to get into scene selection but he's <laughs> he's got a terrible case of uh hyperactivity and adhd or whatever he's struggled with school he um when he goes in to meet um matt zarella he's carried a ball and a fidget spinner with him. He takes a fidget mm-hmm. spinner with him to work because yeah. he can't stay on task. He's mm-hmm. really all over the place. And having had active children, <laughs> <laughs> I can just really relate. <laughs> <laughs> I just, no. I, I really love Daniel. He's, he's got to make, the K-19 by age 30 and he's 29 and it's his last. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love Matt too. He's trying to be realistic about Daniel. He doesn't think he can make it, but he mm-hmm. wants him to make it because he's tried so hard. And that's, yeah. that's really cool. That's part of a really good. Um, yeah. He says that to him. Like when Daniel comes in to interview for the position Zaretta said, or Zarella, Zarella? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says, I'm a fan. <laughs> I love that line. Like, he, he really admires this officer because Daniel is good at stuff like hostage negotiation. And what else does he say? I can't oh, remember. I like, just it's a whole of bunch stuff. of stuff. Like, he's yeah. really good at so many other things. And yet, Zarella is like, why are you? trying to get into the canine unit you have so many options but daniel is determined he wants to work with a dog and i can relate to that i love dogs it's really funny when he brings the dog home the first night he ends up sleeping out in the on the outside (laughs) porch with the dog 
beside him. I can relate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't sleep with dogs. I do. Can't do that. Anyway. Okay. Um, So that leads us to our next segment. Scene selections. Wherein we pick three scenes each from the DVD to fast forward to as we go through the movie. So as usual, I will let you go first. Well, um, Daniel has brought Ruby home and it's been a disaster. I mean, the first <laughs> thing Ruby does is poop in the floor and, mm-hmm. and he sleeps outside with her. And the next day he just feels like it, he's going to fail, you know, and he, so he drives around and he, he wants to take Ruby back to the shelter, but Seamus kind of shames him into not giving up on the dog. So he drives around all day trying to show Ruby what it would be like to be a canine officer, like she'll understand, you know. But anyway, he goes home and his wife comes down the back porch steps and she says, you know, you got a dog just like you because the dog's all over the place. It's digs mm-hmm. bolts and is unruly and won't, is not even housebroken. And she says, yeah. First of all, the dog needs to become a family dog and it needs structure. And then she says, and a crate. (laughs) I love that scene. She has gotten practical, you know. Um, Let's not just give up on the dog, but let's try. But the first thing she's got to have is a crate so that Ruby will know her boundaries. And that's really all I have to say about that. But I just... I just love the scene because the wife is trying to help him. She's trying to help him realize his dream. Mm -hmm. And um, the first thing she does is a very tangible thing. She buys a crate. (laughs) So we're a dog family, but we've never been like a crate dog family. Yeah, we were after you went to college. I guess, but. Angus Angus slept in a crate every night. Angus slept in a crate. Okay. See, I wasn't hard for that. I know. For a little while. Yeah, you were. He was a a freshman in college when we got Angus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you were a freshman. Because I remember we took Eric over to Atlanta. And that's where we bought Angus. And you were already away to school. I remember when you bought Angus because you sent pictures of him. And my roommate, Paul, uh, saw the pictures. And he says, that looks like a robot dog. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's funny <laughs> so we started out with angus sleeping in a crate and honestly the dog at night when it came time to go to bed what did he do to off to the laundry room stand at the crate if the door was closed oh okay come soon enough he barked he wanted him <laughs> to go to bed and uh gus he was crate trained but he slept no. outside in the summer, but in the winter when it was cold, he came inside, he stayed on his bed. We did that ever since we lived here. And when it got yeah. time to go to bed, he'd, he'd go out and go to the bathroom and then he'd come back in and go straight to the basement door and downstairs to the crate. Hmm. And Murphy's crate trained too. See, the dogs I've had as an adult, they've only been in the crate when they needed to be like if uh, we were out of the house or if we just needed to keep them contained, you know, if somebody was coming to the door. Yeah. But otherwise I've always had the dog sleep in the bed with me <laughs> <laughs> and we for good it. or ill. 
Um, funny dog. doesn't always does not always lead to the best sleep by the way no a funny dog story though and I probably have told you this but this is before you were born our dog okay. Evan, dad was working out in California you weren't even born yet it's a long time before you were born so Beethoven and I were we were living in Kentucky and Beethoven was my protector he loved yeah. he adored me okay mm-hmm. at night the dog would wait until I went to sleep because dad was not home. He would crawl up in the bed and I would never know he was there till the next morning. He did it every night, got in the bed with me. Well, Beethoven is another dog movie that we're going to have to talk about sometime in the future. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we named our dog Beethoven before the movie. Oh, way before, way before, because that movie came out in the nineties. Yeah, and this was nineteen seventy-two or something. Yeah, yeah, this was nineteen seventy-six. Oh yeah, that's my. I love that that scene where she buys the crate. Okay, well, I'm gonna rewind a little bit because you referenced it. You talked about Seamus. You said he shamed Daniel into. I should have been challenged. Ruby. Yes, that's a better word because. Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do two of my scenes back to back because they kind of line up. The first scene is what you referenced. He is uh, in the car with Ruby and he's very discouraged and he's, he's ready to take Ruby back to the shelter because she's not working out because she's so, she's so rambunctious. It's just too much for him to deal with. And Seamus comes and gets in the car with him. And Daniel is like, I don't think I can train this dog I don't think I can do this and Seamus is uh he says so you're just gonna give up on her and Daniel says I can't remember exactly what he says but you know something to the effect of yeah I think so and Seamus asks him do you feel like people in your life have given up on you and Daniel says no I've been really lucky in that he says fortunate no, he says lucky. Oh, does he? Okay. He, he says lucky because then Seamus says, then why can't you pass some of that luck on to Ruby? That's okay. It makes me sad about dogs that have had a, a bad past, a bad upbringing. I've tried to foster a couple of them that have, and I had to give them back. I didn't want to, but in in my case, I had to because it just wasn't going to work based on my living circumstances. But there are no bad dogs. There are only bad dog owners. And if I ever could find a dog that actually I could help and uh, could live in my house and I could share my life with, I would be so happy to do that. Uh, The past couple attempts have not worked out for various reasons. One dog turned out to be aggressive. The other dog just needed a bigger space than what I had to offer. But I don't like to give up on a dog. They're very special creatures. They are. Yeah. And maybe we'll get into that more as we get into themes later but uh yeah that's my other that's my other scene or 
that's my first scene because Seamus sees the connection between Daniel and Ruby and he sees the potential there and he just needs to encourage Daniel to embrace that and to pursue that. And that is a turnaround, which leads into my next scene. And it's a really short scene. It lasts probably 30 seconds of the movie because Ruby has been (laughs) adopted in the movie. I think it's seven times in real life. I think I read it was five times, but she had been returned every time because she was so rambunctious and so (laughs) disruptive that people couldn't take care of her. He goes back to the shelter in his full Rhode Island uh, state police uniform that looks like a Mountie. When I first saw this movie, I thought he was a Mountie until it was revealed that he was the Rhode Island state police. And he goes back in there and he says, she won't respond to click training, you know, the clicker. What can I do? What will help me with this dog? And the people at the shelter, there's Pat. And then there's the other guy who I don't even think has a name. I don't know. I think it's David. Maybe. Who cares? Well, whatever. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, David is like, you're not coming to give her back? It's like, no, I just need to know what works. And immediately Pat is like, raw hot dogs. She will do anything for raw hot dogs. (laughs) I know. And Daniel is like, okay. And then he leaves. (laughs) And it's, it's, a, it's the shortest scene, but you think about what this shelter has gone through with Ruby and how she was about to be put down before she got adopted by the police force. And it's just, I play the scene out in my head after Daniel leaves, where Pat and we'll call him David are standing there and they're just so relieved <laughs> that somebody has not given up on Ruby. Right. That Daniel has passed the luck he's had along to this animal. Anyway, so now you have two scenes. Okay. So um the next scene I just need to to say before I get to the scene that that Ruby in the initial test to get into the canine school mm-hmm. fails because yes. Matt Zarella puts a hot dog in his pocket and she'll do anything for a hot dog. And she ends up getting a hornet's nest and running off and (laughs) and she's crazy. She wants to find anything just so she can get the hot dog. So she fails and, and uh, Daniel is just devastated and he goes home. And this is when his wife says, she says, you got a dog just like you. He says, I know you told me that. And she says, um, she brings him a package of hot dogs. She says, the dog needs individual training. The dog doesn't have to go through canine school. It just has to pass the test. Mm-hmm. And so they go through and they decide to homeschool Ruby. And I, I don't <laughs> know. I don't think that's what really happened. But in this, remember, Daniel has, I don't know if he has ADHD or hyperactivity. It's, uh, no, it's dyslexia. Well, he has dyslexia too. That's right. He's dyslexic. He's failed a couple of grades. And I don't know if he was really like that, but he definitely had a strong... No, I looked it up. He actually is dyslexic. Okay. But anyway, so they decide to homeschool Ruby. 
And and then so the night of, before the test, he's been all nervous, but the night before the test, he sleeps like a baby. He is confident. He evolves into a calm person, but he's still scared the next day. But the canine test is just priceless because uh, Matt, they do two tests outside and he has to, Ruby has to find three things. And the last test, oh, I hate to tell the story. Is that okay? Go ahead. Okay. The last part of the test is a negative test and they go into the building and Ruby is supposed to find human remains and you're, you're kept in suspense because you don't know if Ruby's going to pass the test or not. Okay. At this point, you don't know. They go through all the building and finally Matt Zarella, the time is up or they've gone through the whole building and Daniel says, there's nothing here. And Matt says, are you sure? I can't, Mm -hmm. you can't change this. You'll fail if you don't do this. And he, and I love it because Daniel has to make a decision whether to trust the training of his dog. Mm. And he, he says, if Ruby says there's nothing here, there's nothing here. And he passes the test because it was a negative test. Mm-hmm. And I just, that was a real step of faith for Daniel to place his trust in something that he had done. He had trained the dog because he previously lacked confidence Mm -hmm. but then he had the confidence to say that the dog didn't find anything and he passed the Mm -hmm. test i just love that moment it was a great moment and of course he carries ruby outside we passed and he's carrying the dog and everybody gets all happy but it was just it was a watershed moment for him to trust that he had trained the dog properly and the dog Mm -hmm. i love that part do you want the last scene? Yes. Okay. The last scene is not a favorite scene. <laughs> it's like an unfavorite scene in almost a lot of movies. It's like, I love the movie. I love the movie. But this part is so stupid. It just <laughs> ruins the movie. <laughs> so the, after he's in the canine, she's in the canine unit, they're still doing the same thing because he's provisional. So in the middle of the night, he gets called out to find a murder victim. And they go out and Ruby sniffs, 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 sniffs. And they find, he goes to a deck and a part under the deck. And uh, Daniel looks under the deck and there's nothing there. There's no murder victim. Mm-hmm. And Daniel doesn't hear he doesn't trust the dog. He says, there's nothing here. Okay. But there, yeah. was, there was anyway. So he castigates the dog and it acts, the movie acts like the dog gets its feelings hurt and runs away in the middle of the night and stays gone for a, like a day and a half. And I just thought that was a little overkill. I didn't like that part. He's going out looking for the dog in the rain, you know, and yeah. he's walking on a bridge. I thought it was not necessary. Maybe they needed filler for the movie to make it. Well, is that okay. what it is? Is it filler? It's it was dumb. I didn't. It, like it, it is filler. But we talked about this. Ruby did go missing. Yes, but I know. years later. Yes, like in 2018, she went missing for you know 19 hours. I think it said. 
she ran away. She came back with a dead skunk. <laughs> but she didn't get her feelings hurt. But it, it was not for the reasons that the movie suggests. And it did not happen right after they passed the test yes. to get into the canine unit. So I, I didn't like that part. This movie definitely condenses events in order to tell a dramatic story. Yes. A which lot is true. Yeah. yeah. Well, so much is true. She did go missing. And then, well, let's talk about the ending of the movie. Which is the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> All right. What happens at the end? You want me to? No, you tell it. Okay. So while Ruby is missing, he gets another call. It says there's a missing child. And we need all the canine units to report. And he's like, I don't know where Ruby is. She's out missing. I haven't seen her in so long. And he's out in the rain and everything. And he goes out to a dock and he apologizes to the air to Ruby. It's very corny. Oh, no, she's sitting and then underneath. She's sitting underneath the dock and she oh. hears him. <laughs> so you know what she hears blah 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 blah, blah, blah <laughs> exactly blah. ruby yes <laughs> blah, blah 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 ruby, ruby. blah 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 <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> but he goes to the police station to get a briefing on it and they're like go find your dog and as he's pulling out of the police station ruby is standing right in front of his car <laughs> and she jumps in the car and then <laughs> They go off on this uh, search mission to find this lost kid who's gone missing in the woods. Uh, of course, Ruby picks up the trail and finds the kid at the bottom of a cliff. He's fallen down into a ravine and he's hit his head and he's unconscious and he's not breathing. And uh, they, they both climb down there. Daniel gives the kid resuscitation, but he can't get his radio to work. So Ruby starts barking and it's been noted earlier in the movie that she has a very loud and distinctive bark. So Zarella hears the bark from the sort of base camp that they've built up looking for this kid. And the, the unit goes into the woods, gets the kid out. And it turns out that it is the son of Pat Inman, the woman who, worked at the shelter and the reason i'm getting choked up is not because of what happens in the movie but because it didn't happen when the movie says it happened but that did happen correct it did ruby rescued a boy that turned out to be the son of the woman who rescued ruby yes and if that's not if that's not the most incredible dog story you've ever heard i'm sorry <laughs> well it it made ruby the hero dog of 2018 yes the united i mean she received a reward and mm -hmm. um it, it's just an incredible story uh whoever wrote the book it was called dog wink but it I was think it was just like an article. I don't think it was a. Oh, I don't think it was a full book. I think it was okay. just like an article or an essay or something. Yeah. But it's a play. It's a play on the word Godwink because it shows the sovereignty of God in this. 
It does. It shows God's sovereignty that Pat Inman rescues a dog. The dog, years later, seven years later, rescues her son. In real life, Ruby, I read this, Ruby ran off from Daniel in the Mm. womb, and he couldn't find her. And when he did find her, she was laying on top of the little boy to keep Mm. him. I don't think he was, I think he was a teenager. He was a teenager, yeah. Laying on top of him. It, it just, it's just a wonderful, real happening. And they put it on film and it just, it really warmed my heart. I, I, it was such a surprise ending. I was not prepared for that ending. My mouth flew open. Well, the first time I watched it, I was like, this is stupid. And then I looked up. I told you it was real. I thought I well, told you it really you happened. Said, you said it was a true story, but you didn't go into detail. I thought I told you. Of, no, you did oh, not. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I had yeah. already looked it up. So I, really had to look up, I had to look up the ending before I realized how amazing the ending was. And like I said, in the movie, they condense it. You know, it takes place very shortly after he joins the canine unit. In real life, yes, it took place years later. In but, real life, Daniel had never met Pat in No, he never did. The dog was adopted by the police force, yes. not by him personally. Correct. So he, he only train- found out. But I think he did train out. Ruby. I think he did. He did. He did yes. train Ruby. But he didn't know Pat Inman. No, he didn't know who she was until after he came to tell her that her son had been found. And he said, no, she said, did the dogs help? And he said, yeah. And he's, and she was like, do you know a dog named Ruby? He's like, yes, that's my dog. And she started, she broke down right then. She did. Because she had spent, she had spent months and months trying to get this dog adopted and trying to keep this dog from being put down. So, yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. It's an incredible story, which is why I wanted to talk about it. It's not a great movie, but it's a great story. (laughs) I I have to agree with you, though I love the movie. I've watched it many times because Uh I I think because I love, well, I get, I love Daniel and Ruby. I love the interaction between Daniel and Ruby, but the ending is like priceless. Well, okay. Well, let's get into our next segment then, which is called Lessons Learned. (laughs) So other than what we've already talked about, what does this movie make you think about? Well, I guess the first thing is is about a a dyslexia. Hmm. Um, That people with dyslexia just have learning differences. Mm-hmm. they can learn. And I think you wanted to talk more about that, but. Well, I just said that was kind of my general thesis going into this, but, but go ahead and talk about it. No, that's the main thing I, I thought about, of course, for obvious reasons, which I don't really want to talk about on, uh-huh. on this, but um, uh, I've known quite a few people with learning differences, but it is a challenge. It's a real challenge. Mm-hmm to find that fine line between frustration and true learning. And uh, the rescued by Ruby, it's not about Mm. the little boy. No, it's about about Daniel. Daniel. 
it's about Daniel. And uh, also another lesson learned is God gave us dogs for a very special reason. Mm -hmm. And they help us understand his love, his love for us because it's so unconditional. It's like what you said, there are no bad dogs. Mm -hmm. There's only bad owners Mm -hmm. because a dog, if given a loving environment, will always be a loving, faithful dog. I'm sorry. I don't think, yeah. I don't think there's any such thing. Well, yeah. it's like um, it's like the common myth about pit bulls. Yes. People people say pit bulls are they're these aggressive, mean dogs. They're not. They're the sweetest dogs in the world. They will they will protect you from anything. They're they just very be, strong. But they can be taught to be aggressive. Exactly. That's why, but they're taught to be aggressive because they're so strong. Right. You know, people teach them bad things for their own ends to, you know, attack other dogs or attack people or whatever, but they're actually by nature, the sweetest, kindest dogs. I mean, mean, it's been, it's been studied. Like they're actually very good with children and Unless you teach them to be mean, they will be the sweetest dog you ever have. They're very loyal and devoted, but they get a bad rap because they look kind of scary and they're very strong. Well, that's the main thing I, I take away is, is the, the fact that the perseverance of teaching the dog and the perseverance of Daniel persevering Mm -hmm. to the end and we talk about perseverance a lot but it's a lost art in our society (laughs) just about yeah people don't want to persevere yeah but we're made to persevere so um i don't know what i have to add to that i feel like we've covered a lot of ground just through talking about the story but i do want to reiterate that just because you have a difficulty learning something does not mean that you cannot learn that thing. Correct. Everybody learns differently. And I feel like we live in a world where we're all kind of expected to be the same a little bit. Mm -hmm. And our differences are actually what make us, that's what makes us special and unique and, and cool. And we're supposed to be. We're supposed yeah. to be. Like Ruby, Ruby has this energy that when it's not directed properly, it's chaos. But when Ruby is given love and uh, understanding, she turns out to be the hero of the story. I know, it's cool. Yeah. And Daniel's the same way. Like he, he, he grew up probably not being understood by his teachers at school because he couldn't read very well. And he was always kind of hyperactive and all this stuff. But, you know, I, I kind of, I'm not dyslexic, but I do think I'm probably a little bit hyperactive (laughs) because my brain tends to go this way and that way and the other way all the time. You come by. Fair enough. And uh, but, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to disagree with you. You are dyslexic in one area, right? Oh, right and left. <laughs> I do have problems with light. So, <laughs> light and left. Yes. So is your dad. So is your dad. 
<laughs> that's a very limited meaning of the word, but yes. But you're both that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that is clinically defined as dyslexia, but it is It is a problem I have. And I do, like I said, uh, hyperactivity, my brain tends to fly in every direction all at once. Uh, and I think that without... <laughs> love and care and understanding from the people around me, maybe that would have turned out a whole lot worse than it did. I think you turned out really well. <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, so good. anyway, also, I just want to say again, I love dogs. I just I love dogs. We are a dog family. We have had so many dogs over the years and I've loved every single one of them. So You're gonna I love, love talking about dogs. I'm going to love Murphy. I know I haven't met Murphy. I'm going to love Murphy. Oh, I'm going to just like love on Murphy so much. Yeah. Anyway. Well, okay. I guess that means it's time for the whip scale. Did I say that too loud? No. Okay. Well, that is our metric for rating movies. We do it on a two-prong scale. We do it on a scale of fun and feelings. Fun meaning... Uh, entertainment value of the movie and feelings meaning more thematic depth. So, mom, oh, is your calculator out? Yeah, but I might yeah. not. She has to do the math on this because it is established. I am not good at that. This is All true. right. What would you rate this on a scale of fun? Six. Okay. Why? It's a fun movie, but that stupid part drags it down. <laughs> All right. I know I've gotten choked up and stuff talking about this movie, but that's mostly because about the real story and the fact that it's about a dog. But when I have to sit down and grade it as a movie, I have to give it like a four. Okay. All right. Because it's just, it's corny. It's not that well shot. There's there's some good acting here and there. I like Grant Gustin. I like uh, the guy that plays Seamus. Scott Wolf, you don't know Scott Wolf, but he was in a TV show when I was a kid called Party of Five. Oh. And that's only notable because his co-star was Matthew Fox, who played Jack on Lost. Oh, really? Okay. So they were Fox and Wolf. Oh, no. Yeah, on that show. Anyway, that's they so played funny. brothers. They, they played brothers. They had other siblings, too, but they were the oldest, too. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, four. Okay. So what would you give it on the scale of feelings? Nine. <laughs> okay. It's a dog movie. I was going to give it a 10. Are you there? I kept, what? Yeah. Well, back to a meeting. My, my screen went out. All right, go. Okay. Why did you not give it a 10? Because uh, of the corny part. <laughs> all right so feelings uh i'm gonna give it a six. Oh my goodness i'm gonna give it a six and like because it's more about the real story of what happened but the movie itself is just okay yeah it's, well, okay. It, you know it it doesn't really it doesn't really go very deep it's only after reading the real story of what happened that it opened all this other stuff up for me. Yeah, so. but I, I did love the interaction between 
Daniel and his wife, the interaction with Matt Zarella, the interaction with the dog. I love Pat Inman. So I had to give it a nine. I I took it down a notch. I took it down. So the overall score is 6.25. Six. So that's a six. That's respectable. It is respectable. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, it had seven reviews. They were all 100%. Of course (laughs) they were. They probably got me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope some of you all will watch some of you all will watch well, the movie on that Netflix. leads to the final question. Yes. What ages would you recommend this movie for? All ages. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because little kids will like watching the dog and Yes. And fortunately there's not too much of the human plot that gets in the way of all the dog antics. Mm-mm. So no, it's, it's they're gonna love watching the dog. Still not as good as Beethoven, as far as I'm concerned. We'll talk about that. Maybe season three. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to have to talk about Beethoven. Well, all right. All right. We so that's, uh, that's Rescued by Ruby, y'all. Next time, we are going to be talking about a movie that she has never seen. I haven't. Still haven't seen it. Well, it's, it's fine. We've got some time for you to watch it. But it is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is our first, I believe, our first animated film that we will be covering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It came out in 2018, I think. 2017 or 18. I can't remember. Anyway. uh, And it is uh, a non-MCU Spider-Man film. And I know you like Spider-Man, but this is a different Spider-Man. Okay. You mean it's not the same character? Well, it does have the same character, but it has other characters. Okay. So it has, so get ready for uh, some uh, web slinging and some multiverse kind of antics. Okay. And uh, some hip hop music. Hip hop. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. It's a, no, it's a very like, it's a very modern take on Spider-Man. Well, the main character is not Peter Parker. Peter Parker is in the movie, but the main character is a guy named Miles Morales. Okay, cool. And he becomes a new Spider-Man. Okay. But there are multiple other Spider-Men from across the Spider-Verse. Oh, no. It's really good. I I, uh, I'm not sure, actually. I'd have to look it up. Um, you just have to search for it. I will. I'll search for it's it. It's out there. It's out there. It's very readily accessible. It won an Oscar for best animated film. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm probably going to watch it tomorrow. Okay. It's, it's an excellent film. And I think we're going to have a guest on for that, but uh, let's keep that under wraps for now, because I'm still trying to secure that. Anyway, y'all can get this podcast wherever you found it. So that's Apple or Spotify or wherever else, please leave us a rating and a review. Five stars helps. Uh, if you want to help podcasts like ours get heard until next time, I don't know. I usually do a quote from the movie, but I don't really have one from this movie. That'll do Ruby. That'll do. (laughs) Very good. Bye everyone. Bye.